Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We're very fortunate to have a, a bumper chat, a nice leisurely chat with David Lloyd Bumble uh, this afternoon. We covered a lot of ground, didn't we, Andy? We did. And you're here. We played him a bit of a, one of his heroes. Yeah, we certainly did. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about various things. And then at the end of the show, Andy was very excited uh, when Dr. Carl Kennedy, Alan Fletcher uh, from Neighbours, came in to see us. Marvellous. Yeah, so here it all is. <laughs> Oh, good afternoon, Paul. I'm very excited because uh, my friend texted me last night. He's yeah. a Spurs season. Is that his name? Text me. Text me now. He's a, <laughs> he, um, I'd like a friend called Text Me. <laughs> it's good. It would yeah. be good. Um, he's invited me to Spurs Huddersfield, the new stadium. Has he really? He was a bit sort of apologetic about it. He said, I know it's only Huddersfield, but would you like to go? And he knew that I really I'm dying oh, wow, to see fantastic. the new stadium. So uh, I've got my Aaron Moy shirt. I'll be wearing underneath my jumper. <laughs> Come on, Carlon. I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, you're going to be right into it, aren't you? I suppose you will be, won't you? I mean, well, you you're going to do quite four. well not to go up yeah. when if if others score. score. Yeah, I don't oh, think you're I gonna, will. You might, you know, well, you have to say, well, that was a fantastic. <laughs> and really, you should applaud all of you. Yeah, Philip that was Billings, a fanta- what a marvellous player he is. That was a fantastic <laughs> goal. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, look out for Andy. Yeah. I, yeah. Good. I'm now, you're sitting it. in the posh seats, are you? Yeah, uh, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I might see Steve Chicken, of course. He'll be there. Yeah, give him a wave. He'll be in the press box, won't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, he'll give me a wave back with one of his wings. <laughs> he, he hasn't got wings, wings Andy. He's a human wings, being with an with a, a interesting name. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, now, of course, the Masters has started today, and yeah. I've got some very exciting news for Bob Bupka. Have you really? Yeah, they've decided to replace the green jacket with the pimento cheese jacket. <laughs> It's a jacket with made out of a fabric. It costs more than a dollar fifty, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a good idea, isn't it? You um, you mm. wanted me to uh, get you a green jacket, or you went searching for a green jacket online, didn't yeah, you, a little did. while ago? You thought, um, yeah, I wanted to buy one for my son. I thought it'd be a nice birthday yeah. present for him, but uh, you can't get the the green. You can get a green jacket, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> but you could just buy a, a box. And you could buy the patch. You could buy a, a green jacket and put the badge on it and then yeah, walk could. around pretending you're a winner of the Masters. <laughs> I could do. It seems unlikely. That, you know, there'd be an audience of people out there that, that wouldn't realise. No, I suppose so. Because well, they don't, I, I don't golf. really play golf. <laughs> yeah, but they'd say, you know, they'd think, oh, it must have been sort of in the 70s or something he won it. It was a, it was mm. a bit of a fallow year. And he crept in. And, <laughs> remember Andrew Jacobs? Uh, Andrew Jacobs when he won the Masters. Right, yeah. That'd be great, wouldn't it? To, um, I used to go out and tie. Tiger Jacobs, I was called at yeah, the time. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Look, give it a go, Andy, and see, see how yeah. it gives I'm, you a passport to sort of nightclubs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit shocked, though, that Diego Costa 
has picked up an eight-match ban. That's pretty strong stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, really, for a man in his uh, 50s, you think he'd know better by now when you think he would have learned something. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, he did say something quite appalling about the ref's no, I know, mum. Yeah, I know he did. I mean, that's off-limits, even to UEFA. does he? I mean, he's just a strange mm. player. You know, it's not... And now he's, in, he's out for the rest of the season, so yeah. it's been a pretty poor return Do you know what? Him, they would really. go back to Brazil, though, and sort of be spotted on a beach. Oh, know? yeah, no, he doesn't mind that. Yeah, he, I'm sure he'll end up in uh, China or something, yeah. or something like that. Anyway, last night's game, and... Uh, yeah. Of course, we saw VAR working in the way that it should work. Yeah, yeah. the line got it wrong, yeah. and writing and wrong, an obvious wrong. and clear wrong. And I thought about this now. What a terrible bit of officiating, though, because oh, I yeah. mean, if you're in line with that and you think that's offside, you shouldn't be doing that job, really, should well, you? Well, it can happen. Yeah, I, I guess that's what it's there for, and no one minds. I think you're defending. <laughs> well, well, move on. <laughs> no one minds VAR when it overturns bad offside calls, and that's the only thing it should be for: line decision. Yeah, and I've, I've decided to. And then you leave the rest of the ref. You've got a new blueprint, haven't you? Yeah. So you do. It's all about line decisions only. Is it in the box? Out the box? Is it over the line? Is the ball in or out? That sort of thing. Is he offside? Onside? That's it. And the, then you have a challenge system mm. for each coach. That if there is a penalty howler, then you can ha have a challenge about it. But otherwise, it's all down to the ref, other than so clear line unless, decisions. Um, and that way, it would work, and everybody would accept. Well, unless it. Pep had thrown a sort of flag on the pitch for the Danny um, uh, Rose handball, yeah. that wouldn't you wouldn't review. You wouldn't it. review, review it when because you think it's a matter serious. of opinion. That's all it is—a matter of opinion. And how many of those would you get? A bit like yeah. um, you if know, you get a real howler, you know, where the refs have missed a clear handball, or he's missed a clear yeah. trip. Then the coach then can challenge it, and if he loses the challenge, if it's not right, then you lose a sub. So it's an element of jeopardy. So oh, okay, and if you don't, then you keep the review and you can use it again. I, I think that would work. I think that was that's a system that people would accept, and you wouldn't have all this arguing about you know because it's not going to solve anything it's just the same argument it's just somebody else has made the bad decision yeah, rather than I the agree. referee the odd thing is i've done you've seen the picture today where the, often the monitor and in, in the kind of bigger grounds around europe mm. the monitor is slightly back from the crowd but i saw a picture today of um uh, the referee going to the monitor at uh, White Hart Lane the other night, mm. and because it's quite a tight little ground, all the, the fans are just looking at him, and one <laughs> of them is clearly saying, "Go on, mate, that's never a penalty." <laughs> I mean, he, I don't know it's, how he could zone out because the yeah. fans are clearly telling well, him what they that's, think. That's yeah. the problem as well. That's true. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. reminder that at four o'clock Goffey and Adrian will be bringing you uh, drive time. Do you think Slavia Prague uh, pro pose a real threat as Sari says? I don't really. Well, he thinks every team poses a threat <laughs> very dangerous opponent. But the thing is you know they, they have, they've done very well in this yeah. competition. You don't get to the last eight. They've beaten Seville you know so you've got to expect that basically they're going to especially away from home 
in Europe. I think it'll be a test. And anyway, the man himself is here looking resplendent in yeah. Peaky Blinders cap. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just let him get his coat off. Yeah, very nice. So, yes, um, with Bumble's coming to see us. We're going to have I a know. good old chat. We're going to cover a lot of ground, including in Spiral Carpets and his love of some fairly eclectic uh, bands, his karaoke favourites, his, uh, his uh, latest book and others. You've got the older version there, oh, haven't you? Yeah. There it is. Oh, I'm yeah. hoping he's going to sing as well at some point. But well, we'll see. You never that's normally need much encouragement, that's for sure. Are you, Bumble? I'm all right, yeah. Good, good to see you. Yeah, good. Yeah, a bit of in spiral carpets there. Well, so what, what kind of got you into, because uh, you, you like the four, you like yeah. a lot of very different bands. So how did you kind of, who exposed you to that? Um, a fellow called Paul King, mm. who was our boss at Sky for a, a few years. He's now moved to great things at Star Sports over in India. Yeah. And he's got a house devoted to the fall ah. and he sent me he sent me a cd he said like you'll either love it or you'll hate it <laughs> he said but give it a go and i was hooked straight away and then i meet a guy in manchester called ed blaney who says he was the manager of the fall he was in the band mm. one of the first members of the band and i see him from time to time the last time i saw him he was parking cars at a cheese festival <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh, i'll tell you what before we right get into the meat of it i often wonder why are you called bumble uh this goes back to 1960s 50s 60s michael benteen oh yeah one of the original goons course, and yeah. he had that he had a program called the bumblies the bumbly men oh, who, who, who okay. meet the bumblies and in the Lancashire dressing room, they thought, well, he, this bloke looks like him. So <laughs> it, it was stuck all the, all the way through. No, I had a look at a picture earlier on in profile. I can see a yeah, bit. I mean, it's, it. a, it's a kind of extreme hey, and example. you can talk as oh, well. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right up there in the bumbly envelope. But um, who, who was the first one, do you know? It was in that dressing room. Who can you thank for uh, something that's become a bit of a trademark, really? He might be looking for 10%. Well, uh, no, no it's, it's a lad who sadly he's, he's, he's died. He's oh. called John Sullivan, who, who was a hard-hitting middle-order batsman and bowled a bit for lengths, but also, little known, he was an ABA boxing champion. Right. Now, we talk, I've got to say, you've got to stress, this, <laughs> yeah. this is in the 60s, late 60s, mm. early 70s, when anything goes. And he used to like a scrap. And after a day's play, he'd find the roughest pub in wherever we were playing and go in and be looking for a bit of bother. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Did you ever go with him? No, crack it I'm a lover. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> no, but it's, very, it's interesting because Mark Nicholas's book, which is a wonderful book, I think, it's a sort of almost love letter to cricket. And he talks mm -hmm. a lot about county cricket, the way it was before he played and while he played, and mm -hmm. of course in your era. And it was very different, wasn't it? It was very much, uh, yeah, you were professional, hard professionals, but there was a lot of camaraderie, a lot of fun, I think. I'm sure there still is, but the thing about it in them days, it were played in summer. And now they don't play county cricket in summer. <laughs> they play the start. They, they the play the start just to yeah. get the gritter out, don't they? They mm. were frosty this morning, <laughs> so you get the gritter out, and then they play at the back end. So I'm an advocate of county cricket only because it's the place where you learn the game. As a player, that's where you get your grounding. Mm. That's where England get the uh, the cricketers from, the Test match cricketers from county cricket. So I'm mm. a big advocate. I know that. Not that many people go and watch it, but it's unbelievable that the amount of interest in county cricket through media, through people electronic media, scores, yeah. through written yeah. media, yeah. there's a real interest, and there always has been. Did you have a winter job in, in your playing days, Bob? I did. What and did I, you do? I, I loaded wagons, and right. that, I chuckle when they say, oh, they're fitter now than they were. Well, are they really? <laughs> you, you try six o'clock in a, a morning loading beer wagons, mm. and 
I would open up the, the bond. It was a, one of these bonds that you play cu- customs and so on. And then you do the loading up and you get a bit of overtime and you clocked on. You have, anyone remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, I've done that before. Oh, no, we have that here. Yeah, yeah. Because... <laughs> right. And then also t- t- changing tyres. Yeah. In, in an open bay, January, February, changing tyres. Does that make morning. you appreciate being a professional cricketer even more? Of course, you it think? Does. Yeah. Of course it does. Mm. And what what used to happen in counties? So I'm talking Lancashire. So I suppose, suppose all the other counties were exactly the same. That they wanted you off the hands in September. They didn't yeah. want to play national insurance, so you're on your own. And a number of players, you know, again back in the sixties, would sign on the dole. You'd go down the DHSS and yeah. sign on if there wasn't any work around. What did, what did you expect to do after cricket when you finished playing? Did you have a game plan at all? Not really. In that uh, I finished <laughs> and woke up one morning and I've read it so many times mm. that, that so many players in any sport have done that. I woke up and I ain't doing this anymore. And I said that to my wife and went in, told the chairman, and wow. I finished at the end of that summer. I didn't think I'd play again after I'd told him, but they had a couple of injuries. And it's funny that... He, and you see Alistair Cook in that last game, yeah. that test match, yeah. he, 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 he retires, he says his retirement, and then it's like the shackles are off and he gets 74 and 147. Hmm. And, and then he retired and I did exactly the same. I thought, I can't do this. I've got to retire. I'm, I can't do what I want to do. Yeah. My mind is telling me, but there's nothing, it's not working in sync. And then shackles are off. And I had my best ever three months. <laughs> I put Gwent out there and blasted it everywhere. Probably played without a, a kind of fear, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Or you're just very relaxed. Yeah, a freedom. Yeah, that I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not looking for a contract because mm. the players at that era were subservient to the committee. Yeah. You'd have 12 blokes from business and industry who'd be telling you whether you're getting a contract next year. Yeah. Have and was it just down to your averages? Yeah, you yeah. you would you know you you played for your place, and if you won something along the way, that's mm. fine. We used to play in Gillette Cup finals from Lancashire. We used to come down to Lords and play finals for people down the south. We'd come all the way from North. Here we are again. We went six years running, I think, mm. and we got a fiver if we won. <laughs> wow, we! I mean, yeah. you did pick up. You mm. you became you became an umpire, didn't you? So you stayed. Yeah. You, you, was the plan always to stay in the game? How did that opportunity arise then? Yeah, to, to get back to to that question. Yeah. That, um, the first thing I did, there's a, a couple of members at Old Trafford offered me a job as a double glazing salesman. Wow. Well, I wouldn't cut out for that. <laughs> did you try? Did you have a little... I had about yeah. two months at it and then said, thanks. <laughs> Just knocking on doors. That's not for me. <clears throat> yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, and so what I'd done whilst I was a player, I took all my badges. I'd got my coaching badges, mm. so I was right. And then I thought about umpiring and that was, how do I stay in the game? There were no coaching jobs available. How do I stay in the game? Let's see if I can become an umpire. I had a good grounding in that I did two years as a reserve umpire. That meant I could do university games or non-points games, non-championship mm. games. So I had a, a decent grounding mm. in, into umpiring. I, you know, I knew a bit of the business rather than being thrown in at, at the deep end. Would you like the DRS? We can come back to that. Yeah, we are going to come back to that. Um, got a, just a quick one while we're on the subject of music earlier on. This is from It's Football Gym. Uh, he says, um, like Bumble, I'm a huge Fall fan. Just over a year now since we lost Mark E. Smith. Mm. Um, what is Bumble's favourite Fall track? Mm. No Bulbs. Okay. There you go. There no we Bulbs. Are. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever meet Mark? No. It's, it's one of those things through mm. Ed Blaney, you don't want to meet him. Don't, <laughs> don't even think about meeting him. And I used to drink, or I still do drink in a pub, 
next door but one mm. to where he I know he'd be in there yeah. I knew he'd be in there but don't go in you didn't want him to kind of shatter the illusion then no, of liking never, the music ne- never meet your heroes yeah. that, that was it and uh, in music I think that applied that, the, the funniest story which is in one of the books he's had a few books Renegade was one uh, that he, he they were in Munich they were in, uh, doing a tour in Germany yeah. and he used to he used to get thirsty as everybody would know that before he went on stage he'd get very thirsty uh, and he walked on stage and fell off and the show must go on he did the rest of the tour in a wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. You can join in, Bumble, and if you I seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. <laughs> and I keep dragging on. That's good. You got good voice. Yeah. Keeps it rolling all down to San Antonio. That was quite Bob Bubbler, is that last one? So Johnny Cash, I mean, is, is, where did that come from? Is that just, have you always been a fan? Or? Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic, Johnny yeah. Cash. Brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Now, um, you've written a number of books. Uh, the latest <laughs> one is Around the World in 80 Pints, which I, I've been reading. It's a lot of fun. And Andy has got one of, the, one of an earlier vintage the when you came in and saw us Bumble, well, yeah. Bumble. Um, and you talk about many of your great mates over the years in cricket. And uh, one that, that uh, pops up now and again is uh, Fred Truman. Of My hero, Fred. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was an incredible character, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was, I worked with him on Test Match Special, mm. and he was box office absolutely box office yeah. you bring that pipe in it was like ferry bridge power station that <laughs> pipe when he got it going <laughs> and, and you know you'd mentioned when goffy i mean when goffy came in brian johnson did him like an absolute kipper fred yeah. goffy comes in and, and and he gets into the england team and he's from yorkshire 
And Brian Johnson said, well, it's absolutely wonderful here to see this young man from uh, Yorkshire. He, he said he's very fast. And Fred, oh, he yeah. said, I can bowl faster than that in my Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never was quite as good as it was in his day. Yeah, was it? that's it was one, true. It was one of those. And he, he, but he was a brilliant bowler. I mean, yeah, oh, God, he was, wasn't he? First to 300 wickets. Yeah, and a wonderful yeah. action he had, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Great action. Mm. And he did such a lot of different quirky stuff. He did, we were just chatting off air there about indoor league, yeah. the, the TV. TV show, lunchtime TV show of kind of pub sport that he used to compare in the 70s. The late, great Sid Waddell was his yeah. brainchild and it was genius to put Fred at the front of it and his old jumper and his pint and that <laughs> pipe. Now then, and he, he was he was game, wasn't he, Fred? He would try different stuff. He was in Dad's Army, wasn't we, he? We do think that we think Goffy could do a we, revival. We want to, we want to bring uh, indoor, league. indoor League back with Goffy. We He'd think have it's to be winner. behind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be doing you, that. You'd yeah. like to do Fred, it. Don't forget, Fred did stand-up comedy as well. He well, would, he would, ah. Absolutely on PC. Well, it's almost like well. you, you can choreograph that because Fred brought out an album. We always play the music when we <laughs> talk about Fred reverence. When um, Fred brought out a, a book called Great Balls of Fire, telling his uh, talk about his career, and then he did a, an, an audio version, a tape, which of course he insisted he narrated. I would guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. No man can sound like it's a, those words. You could hear him say, "No man is going to say my words." <laughs> we said to so, him, "I hope your book does well." Yeah, that's what I said to him. He came in. He had a book out, and I said, "It's a later book," and I. Said, said, Fred, I said, lovely to see you. It's an honour to meet you, and I really hope the book does well. And he just looked, and all around he said, I have no doubt it will be a huge success. <laughs> OK, fair enough. So anyway, um, the audio tape is gold, and we mind it, and mm. to the point where the Jeffrey Boycott saw us, and he said, he's after you, lads. Fred wants his money. <laughs> he wanted royalties. <laughs> he wants royalties, yeah. Anyway, um, this is a bit when he did, went down and did a bit of stand-up comedy in yeah. Fred's own words. Here he is. At the beginning, I was game for anything. I found my name leaping out of the headlines again in 1969 when I went on the boards as a nightclub comedian. I had no ambitions in that direction, really. I did it because I accepted a silly bet made when I was in a club in the Northeast listening to a pretty poor comedian. I asked the owner what he was paying the man and was amazed when he said £250 a week. So I said it was a damn good living for nothing because the stories he were telling were so old and badly delivered into the bargain. <laughs> but someone who overheard me said, Do you think you could do a week up there in front of a crowd like this? I've always found challenges hard to refuse, so I put a bold face on and said, Yes, piece of cake. And the bet was struck. I approached the Lipthorpe brothers who owned the Fiesta Clubs at Sheffield and Stockton, and they were willing to let me do a week. They paid me a bit of brass too, and I had a marvellous time. They thought of a great idea to present me to the audience, projecting a film of me bowling at the audience on a paper screen, and at just the right moment, I burst through, leaving the screen in shreds. It shook them rigid the first night. I went down a treat because I can make up my own original jokes as well as tell them properly. I kept it up seven nights a week for nearly a month before I realised that much though I enjoyed it, I had more important things to do. To be truthful, I got fed up with it. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's cool. yeah. I love the idea it's, of him bursting through, but with a ball. Yeah. Imagine that first lobby, you don't know what's coming. Months. Suddenly he comes flying through this <laughs> tissue paper with a cricket ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like that bit in the blood donor, isn't it, where Hancock and Hugh Lloyd says, are you a doctor? Then he said, well, I could have been, but I never really bothered. It's, that, it's Fred. Which, it's, it's incredible. But uh, as we say, you know, aside from all that, just a, a, a fantastic player.
He was first to 300 wickets, and, and he was always in bother, wasn't he? Mm. He was always in trouble with the authorities, and he would be suspended, and then they wouldn't pick him. And then that time when they went to Australia on the boat, and Gordon Purry was on it, and yeah. they had to do some physical jerks, Fred said, I ain't doing anything. These legs have gone a thousand overs, I ain't doing any more. I mean, that was the thing, wasn't it? Mm. The cricket fitness was gained by playing cricket. Yeah, you, yeah, you, he would bowl... The, the other thing to consider is that they were bowling on uncovered pitches so they were very forgiving as a fast ball as big strapping lads come and the feet went down that mm. front foot hits down it's, it's very forgiving in that it's soil of the area rather mm. than as it is now it's like concrete because they've got this clay content that goes into all the pitches and they're pretty uniform around the country but the big fast bowlers whack down now and they don't make any impression at all but in the 60s and certainly in 50s, 60s it would be really soft and he'd be mm. forgiving and, and, and they, they could look after their back and their knees. Yeah. He would always say when players broke down because they've been overtraining, mm. they've been trying to change their action, he would always say, wouldn't he, you know, mm. bowlers just need to keep bowling. That's how you get fit for it. He was a real kind of advocate of that and would get fed up when he saw bowlers kind of breaking down because they were overtraining. Well, you, you get that same from... I was chatting the other day to a, a terrific South African bowler, Vincent van der Beel, who played for Middlesex, and mm. he was saying exactly the same. Bob Will Willis will tell you that you've got to bowl, you mm. have to be bowling. Angus Fraser, when when I got involved with England in the late 90s, that you know, you're know you on about, should we give these lads a rest? And Angus would say, I need to bowl. I have yeah. to bowl all the time. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I'm always interested in the, the regimes of very, very successful people. Yeah. Sort of See if some of it rubs off. Well, compared to yours sort of thing. So, what, uh, me personally or well, Ones. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, I doubt whether you do this. The, the Jack Dorsey, the billionaire Twitter founder, a man I've got no time for, really. But there you go. He starts his day with an ice bath at 5am. That's me. It's me all day, that is. <laughs> I feel Imagine like, that. If, I feel like if I can will myself to do that thing, it seems so small but hurts so much, I can do nearly anything. Yeah. Really. And um, then he comes an hour of meditation in which he says he's extremely painful and demanding physical and mental work. Right, okay. Sure, it's just sitting there, isn't it? I don't know. And then... God, it's not even six o'clock yet and he's done all this. There's no breakfast. Mr. Dorsey, 42, eats one meal on weekdays. A really big supper of... Supper, rather. A fish, chicken or steak. Very specific here with arugula, salad, spinach or Brussels sprout. Arugula! Arugula. And there are berries for pudding. I don't even know why. Weekends involve more prolonged fasting... I won't have dinner on Friday. I won't have dinner or any meal on Saturday. And the first time I'll eat will be Sunday evening. I'm beginning to think Mikey Carroll <laughs> spent his money wisely, really, uh, aren't you? Yeah. By having stock car races in his garden <laughs> and then blowing it all in a month or whatever it was. Hashtag, are you sure? Yeah. Seriously, that doesn't seem a way to well, live. Well, maybe you could live a day as him with your five and one, one meal a day. And <laughs> I don't think so. Arugula. <laughs> In your cold bath. <laughs> I don't think so. We're used to national days, like National Donut Day, National This. Tomorrow's is really obscure. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is a National Toasted Cheese Sandwich Day. Is that right? So not even National Cheese Day. I think that's quite a poor day. Surely I mean, it should have been on a Tuesday, shouldn't it? They should have done that. <laughs> Probably should. Yeah. And bearded, did you read this in the Sunday? Bearded hipsters oh, yeah. are said to have smaller parts. Would you count yourself as a bearded hipster? <laughs> I think I might. Oh, an old bearded hipster, but Bearded yes. replacement hipster, I think. <laughs> Maybe you come into a slightly slightly different category. And, uh, and so, uh, scientists believe that males have enough energy to grow only attractive features or large... Yeah, OK, yeah, you know. I'm with you, we're with you, yeah. He said, as a result, some with the size of tennis balls... 
Really? <laughs> really? It seems it's it's viz. Viz. It sounds like something out of Viz. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Not right, really. Yeah. And um, What about the dog that looks like Cammy? Oh, I like that, yeah. Yeah, and, Ali and, uh, and Alan talking about it this morning. Chris Kamara has, mm. uh, has been very impressed with Ollie the dog, a five-year-old Sprocker Spaniel. Yeah. Um, that, it's uh, got a similar smile, I think. It, it's got a look of Cammy, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Is it like the... the that's life dog. Can it actually bark out? Unbelievable, chap. I don't think it can. No, no, that would be. Tommy Tommy Cooper, we're expecting. Really. We're expecting too much, aren't we? Really. Yeah. Tomorrow we hope to chat to the dullest man in Britain. That's good. We have that occasional well, feature. Don't you do that every day? <laughs> well, look, you're doing them for me now, Andy. I don't even have to put the work in. Um, but yeah, this mm. uh, this guy, he's won it, and he's very proud of becoming mm. the dullest man in Britain. Um, I won't tell you what he won it with, but uh, these were the runners-up. Um, uh, a person that uh, is a roundabout expert. Um, uh, He's reading like, a book, isn't he? Yeah, yeah not, not, I mean, actual kind of road roundabouts. Mm. A brick collector and a man who watches paint dry for a living. But uh, this guy was um, was job. even more boring than them, so we have to catch up with him uh, tomorrow because he says he's very proud mm. of having done it. And Darcy Bustle is leaving Strictly. Uh, Goffey fancies the gig, he was saying really? yesterday on Drive. Yeah, yeah. She's available on a Bosman now. He's issued a come and get me plea. There's yeah. a mad pay gap on that show. Why should she get so much less than Bruno Tonio? Yeah, you go, girl. You, you tell him, Andy. I'm the same with uh, Craig. He gets less. It's all a bit odd. Surely they should all get... They all do the same job. Surely they should all get the same money. Yeah. She's got, other, she's got other things in dance that she, she well, wants I'm, to I'm do. Sure a, bit like, a bit like yourself, Andy. I'm sure There's so has. many things in dance that you want to do you, you haven't got round to I yet. I haven't. And congratulations, I got this from the Times Court Circular, to Miss V. Homsey, who are getting married to Mr. What M. can you call her in the dressing room? It'd be really... <laughs> homo. It'd be really, <laughs> right, be really difficult. Homsey, yeah. V or Homsey, Homsey, I don't know. V. Homsey, Homsey. Stop saying that. He's marrying... <laughs> Mr. M. Kissinger. So the wedding obviously took a bit of negotiation. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> it's got to be did. related, surely. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, it's quite well, the next time Henry's in, you can ask him. <laughs> ask next him. time he's on the show. It seems unlikely. Big uh, Luton fan, apparently, Henry Kissinger. I did. I, three Ipswich fans. <laughs> he's not. Three just Ipswich fans. Obviously, just made that up. Three Ipswich fans. Yeah. Uh, got on the train yesterday going westward towards the Brentford. They were playing Brentford last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, you know, good lads, and they were obviously follow the. Club. Did they, I, do you have a chat with them? Or? Oh, no, I was I over because I was sitting right next to them. I could overhear their whole chat and everything. Eavesdropping, yeah. Eavesdropping, yeah. Mm. And, and and they were sort of they they weren't drunk, but they were having a beer on the train, which yeah. I'm not sure is entirely oh. legal. But there you go. And then, uh, <laughs> but they were three hours before the game. I was thinking, what sort of state are you going to be in? You're fine now. Yeah. But they were saying, well, where can we go for a drink? I was thinking, what a Brentford? There's a pub on every corner. I didn't want to. But in. Well, you could have told them, boys. I Pub on every really. call. You're going to Brentford. Do your done, homework. Really. You should have told them. I should have done anyway. But I felt for them, really, because, I mean, Brent, it's been grim, isn't it? Ipswich. Yeah, following it's near, they're Ipswich. nearly there, aren't they? They're nearly gone for all money, unfortunately. They were very it's excited about shame. the signing of Alan Judge, though. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, which is... God, you really did have a good listener. Well, I Got their addresses. <laughs> yeah. I, I am quite an eavesdropper. If you were one of the Brentford three on the way to the game last night, then uh, feel yeah. free to tell us... Um, Why not, really? Maybe they, they, they weren't eavesdropping on your phone conversations, were <laughs> no, they? No, they weren't. No, OK. <laughs> So, uh, is that you, or have you got well, anything else for us? All, no, I think that's me. Right, that's, that's you. quality. Yes, really. <laughs> Otherwise, it's barrel scraping. Okay, well, I, look, I, I often find some of your barrel scraping is the best stuff. <laughs> I don't think you would. Yeah. Uh, cause it's, 
it's once again I'm continuing my campaign against Striker and the World League. Yes, I'm not the, happy about the this comic strip in the sun. You, you don't want the World uh, League. Today's one said uh, uh, Nick Jarvis's wife was saying we're on course for losing 59 million this season. Mm. Nick says, "Ouch! I didn't think it'd be that bad." She said, no, "Actually, the losses are slightly better than forecast, but they're not sustainable. We need FIFA to recognise the World League and lift this. They're not going to FIFA are never going to recognise. They're not the going to recognise the World League. You might as well forget it. Over Andy's dead body. He spends a lot of time." outside FIFA with a placard because <laughs> yeah. he watches Neighbours and he thinks that's real because it makes him cry and he thinks a comic strip in the sun is real as yeah. well he's, he's, Don't he's really the struggling world league. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport Well, the theme music's changed yeah. a few times. Yeah, uh, before we, to- uh, we talk neighbours um, with uh, Alan Fletcher, just give you the answer to the Just Eat Takeaway teaser. The question was, who were the top three goal scorers in the history of the Europa League? Uh, only Craig got it right. Well done, Craig. Pat yourself on the back. Henrik Larsson, 40 goals in 56 games for final. Celtic and Helsingborg. Uh, Klaus-Jan Huntelaar, 34 goals, 52 games. Hiram Veen, Ajax and Schalke. Radamel Falcao, 31 goals, 33 games. Porto and Atletico Madrid. That's with Just Eat, ordered on the app. Football food, living the dream. You're very pleased to say Dr. Carl Kennedy, Alan Fletcher, makes a welcome return to the studio. I hope so, otherwise we won't play that music for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> to, good to see you. Great to see you. Yeah. I believe that theme tune's been re-recorded re- eight times. Really? Mm. Do you ever get to hear it before they change it? They all get you in saying, do they tell you what the new music's going the to last, be? The last time they did, yeah, there was actually a competition with yeah, them. They, they had yeah. a Brit and, uh, and uh, an Aussie. I entered. I did. You, I had did a, you? Yeah. You wrote a song, did you? Well, no, just an adaptation you did of that. An ad- yeah. What was yours like? Oh, I don't remember. Pretty basic, I Pretty guessing. basic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a, there's a thing, though, that uh, my wife always remarks on this, that in the opening titles... You and Susan are outside the house, and you're always reading a newspaper. Yes. And my wife always says to me, why are they reading that newspaper? I said, because <laughs> they're they that, they that, that generation that still <laughs> likes newspapers. That's the reason, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's establishing the fact that they're old and decrepit. <laughs> 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 it's, it's good. Have you been going through an exciting period dramatically in the show, uh, Alan? Yeah, well, we've got um, this, this character, Finn, mm-hmm. um, who Andy will know about. You might not, Paul, but he's... Uh, Basically, he's evil personified. Oh wow! But he was uh, in att- when he was attempting to harm Susan Kennedy and and uh, B and Ellie. Susan pushed him off a cliff, and wow. he, f- he went into a coma. And he's he's awoken from the coma, and he has retrograde amnesia, so he can't remember his bad past. The question now becomes philosophically: Can you punish someone for a crime they can't remember? So uh, he's uh, he's about to go to court. And uh, this week we've just had a fire which has destroyed all the evidence against him. So, um, and, and it, it, the plot thickens dramatically from here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so playing an out, an out an out villain like that. I mean, he's probably a really lovely bloke, isn't mm. he? But in Australia, people are recognise him. When you get villains in soaps over here, mm. old ladies in with their umbrellas in the oh, supermarket. Know, but, oh. but this has happened recently. Yeah, that Imogen uh, the actress, I think he's Ariel Kaplan who plays yeah. her. She's defending him in the show. Against all the streets' wishes, yeah. and she's received abuse online. Hasn't she she, she actually uh, uh, she, she just it. went off Twitter wow. for a while because it was just too much for her. <laughs> well, of course, do you remember Mrs. Mangle? Yeah, of she course. Actually, Vivian, who's uh, God rest her soul, um, she admitted that she actually got out of television, uh, got out of Neighbours because she couldn't take the abuse that Mrs. Mangle was getting. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like people thinking it? that you could suddenly save their life if they sort of 
Kill well, it over yeah. in front of you. Well, I'm glad to say I have never had a bad fan experience. <laughs> so please, everybody out there, don't start I was, now. I was quite worried when you collapsed in the show, mm. and I thought you were a goner. I was thinking, oh no, that's that's not good for the guest list. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Xanthi saved you, which was marvelous. She yeah. did. What Bless happened to you, Alan, in the in the show? Then, what, what, what took what took you down? What nearly did for uh, you? Well, uh, Carl's had some heart problems in the past, yeah. and uh, I guess she had a heart attack in the bush. Many many years ago, and and died. He had to be he had to be resuscitated. And mm. uh, yeah, on this occasion, um, uh, again, you know, he, he had the he had the uh, the heart problems and uh, went down. And Xanthi uh, did mouth to mouth and got him back going again. He'd come back in spirit, wouldn't he? He'd just wear a white suit like <laughs> Randall and Hopkins <laughs> and, just, well, and just hang around. I mean, we had uh, of course we had Jim Robinson make a, a yeah, guest appearance did, recently it? as mm. a as a reflection. Wow. Oh, that's not <laughs> fantastic. The original yeah. actor. But there's a, there's a character in the show, she's called Dippy, and uh, what she does, this woman, is she reads the tarot cards. Oh, yeah. But never go to her, because honestly, the tarot readings are all basically a disaster. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, she has actually... I, I actually went to her, asked her about uh, this weekend's football, and she's predicted a Liverpool defeat to Chelsea, Alan. I'm yeah. really sorry. Well, she's never got it right yet, so that's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I will be watching that game. At, I think it's at 1.30 a.m. on a Monday morning. when I back in, I'll be back in Australia, so it'll be 1.30 a.m. I'll be watching. Um, it's much better watching it here at, at a proper civilised time, I yeah. have to say. You've got to Anfield. in the stadium, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You've got to Anfield a couple of times. I did. Visit, I was, I'm you? so fortunate. Um, I've got a great pal who's who has a, a facility there and he uh he, he's he's had me in uh, but the spurs game was agony but ecstasy yes. well the, yeah the but end. the other switch well kind of neither for me but certainly a, a bit of quiet pride in the second half when we when we took it to you and played well but what yeah. a way to lose a game blimey i know, I know just a shocker and it, and, <laughs> and an own goal with it but um and then porto uh, this week which was much we we went at porto from mm. the first whistle I don't think I've seen passion like it. I mean, they were attacking fearlessly. And Porto, you know, they put five down the back and just said, how can we stop this? Yeah. Uh, because um, everyone was just kept, kept getting in behind them. It was wonderful to watch. I felt like we should have probably got four. Um, and certainly there were plenty of chances. But uh, two, two will do. We've just got to hope that we don't muck it up in... In, uh, when we go over, over there. A city uh, getting a slightly higher profile in Oz now. Obviously, they've got the, the Melbourne, Melbourne team City, there. Yeah. I just wonder, that, uh, yeah. as, as Manchester City, you're seeing a few more Manchester City shirts than maybe you saw before. Yeah, yeah certainly Oz. Manchester City colours. Mm. Um, I have to say, the A-League in Australia, is its profile rate is going up every year. Mm. Uh, there's some very, very fine football getting played now. So, And, yeah, we've got great players coming in, into the uh, being attracted to the league, so... Yeah, it's great. It's going well. I was telling Paul earlier in the show that um, Sonia's acting uh, oh. recently. It did. It did move. You wouldn't have it. You just didn't really well, I didn't me. say well, I wouldn't have it. I was no, just, you were, it moved me to tears. You were, yeah. yeah, it was. It was a. It was a brilliant performance. Well, you know, there's three episodes. There's the one before she dies, the, the episode in which she passes away, which is only two actors essentially doing it, Tony mm. and, and Sonia. And then there's the episode afterwards. Tony has to come and tell everyone in the street what's happened. And I, I swear, you know, if, if it wasn't a, a sort of a soap drama, and you took that material and the acting from Sonia and, and Toadie and put it in a feature film, you know, they'd be nominated for BAFTAs. It's wonderful, wonderful work. She's one of Australia's best. Her yeah. agent was also in tears at the same time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's probably gone on to other things. I imagine she's busy. Yeah, I would I think, think so. so, yeah. yeah. But, well, it was a bit of... I read this interview with her where she was quite shocked to get the script. 
she, you know, she, when she suddenly realised what was going to happen. Because her husband's a director on the show as That's well, right, isn't he? Yes. So, you know. Wow. So and, and of course. I he, know far too much about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, mastermind, especially this subject. <laughs> of, course, of course, her husband, the, who's now a director, played Tadpole. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, oh, I didn't know that. We've actually got two directors on our show now wow. who uh, are. Uh, used to be yeah, actors. Lucas. Lucas is directing. Mm. Uh, ben, the Spurs fan from Fairham, says Can you uh, thank uh, the Dr. Brackets Fletch for my um, <laughs> video birthday message you made for me recently? Best present I've had in years. Ah, brilliant. Please get the blue box out soon. We all need <laughs> a bit of cheering up. Boxes. You should explain the blue box. Well, it's uh, Carl and Susan's special... Yes, it's, okay, it's, it's well, a, I think we know what's in the blue box. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we should say that you not only do you star in Neighbours, but you you actually star in a more superior soap, I'd say, yeah. uh, Max Rushton's Sturmy Arches. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, good old Max. Right, well, I, up until now, I've only been recording one line for him on my phone, but mm. we uh, we hold up in, uh, in uh, a game. Over, over the near Holborn the other night and uh, had a meal and he, he pulled out the full script. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how he gets you. Paul plays a West Country policeman. Yeah, I've I, heard of you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I do. And I, I, I play I West a rabbi, which I think is real typecasting. I'm not <laughs> yeah. happy about it. Yeah. And now I've, I've gone into bagel baking. Which <laughs> oh, is real, I really have been typecast. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, it's great. Enormous fun. <laughs> I've yet to hear an episode, though. So I'm, Oh, no, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I it like is. it. It's very funny. It's very funny. But yeah. it, did, it was my idea originally, so that's oh, okay. Ah, fair enough. Enough. Actually, from an original yeah. idea, from didn't credit you. Oh, it's yeah, good, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's so Carl and Susan's twenty-fifth anniversary in the show. Oh, tremendous! Or being, yes. of you being in the show. That's right. August that'll uh, that'll come around. Twenty-five um, years. Yeah, amazing. Oh, I, I, I blinked. I blinked and it happened. Yeah. Um, it's been a joyous, joyous time. Uh, primarily because I got to work with Jackie. I think I don't know if I would have done twenty five years if it wasn't for her. You know, mm. it's a, we have a fantastic working relationship. But also all the cast. You know, they're that's how Paul feels about me. I know. He's, he's mentioned that. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Yeah. The, and the show's sort of future is safe. How does it tend to work? Is it recommissioned by the? It's channel? been recommissioned by by uh, Channel Ten and Channel Five, and we had the bosses from Channel Five over to to Australia just because. They wanted to make the point of how how much neighbours means to them. We are, uh, I think, one point six million in, in a day over two wow. screenings. We're in the regularly in the top four Channel Five programs, sometimes right at the top. So they're over they're over the moon, uh, very very happy and comfortable at ten. Mm. So I, I cross fingers. I believe you'll be getting neighbours for quite a while. Good stuff. Good. And uh, the the title. Do you, are you are you feeling confident? You were saying you can't even imagine winning the title. It's been such a long time. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. I, of course, I yeah, you know, I can't really remember. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and, and we've had the five Europe to make up for it. Yeah. You know, so I just wanted to mention the five European yeah, well, countries. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. No, of course it will be a spectacular time if we win. I just wish I could be in the country because it'll be Liverpool will go off that night. I think yeah. it's going to be a pivotal weekend. But there yeah, we go. I, agree. I agree. Well, lovely to see you, Adam. Thank you ever so much for coming in. Brilliant, guys. Uh, Thank you. Success on uh, Neighbours. And with your photography, you've been over in Portugal taking a lot of pictures. I have, yeah. That, I've actually there? got a photography show starting this year on Channel 5. Oh, brilliant. Photography and travel called Photo Number 6. So keep wow. an eye out for that. Okay. Fantastic. Lovely to see you. Great to see you. There Cheers. we are, this uh, Alan Fletcher there. Dr. Carl Kennedy in Neighbours. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. There we are. That's this afternoon. And show you actually know more about neighbours than he's done. He does, and he's been here for 25 years. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, we will uh, do this all again uh, tomorrow from one when Motti's here. We'll have the clips of the week and more. So thanks for downloading us. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.